Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. On today's podcast, I'm going to teach you everything you need to know about thyroid health. With the increasing popularity of the hormone topic, quote unquote, the thyroid gland has received more and more and more attention, um, rightfully so. Many people who have a hormonal problem have a compromised thyroid as well, or vice versa. Uh, In fact, a very large population, um, percentage of the the people in the United States and the world and everything actually has a thyroid issue and they aren't even aware of it. Even if they have symptoms as prevalent as inability to lose weight, sudden weight gain, constipation, always feeling cold, hair loss, dry skin, brittle nails, so on and so forth. There's a lot of symptoms that can be uh, caused by the thyroid gland being dysfunctional. Um, but I don't want to scare you with that because many people who who think they have a thyroid issue actually don't. And a lot of people blame their inability to lose weight on that um, when in fact they're just too stressed out, they're improperly training, or they're just not in a calorie deficit. They're over consuming calories. So I don't want you to think that you have a thyroid issue if you're struggling to lose weight because a lot of us struggle to lose weight and it has nothing to do with thyroid health. Um, And I want to preface this entire podcast with the simple idea that fixing any thyroid dysfunction is actually more simple than a lot of people make it out to be. I don't want you to think I'm going to sell you some quick trick or hack or detox or fasting protocol in order to fix this hormonal issue. It it really does come down to a lot of simple things. But um, the goal of this podcast, though, is to help you understand what the thyroid even is, um, if you should be concerned about yours specifically, and what to do in case you need to look into your thyroid function and health. Um, So first and foremost, let's dive into the actual definition of the hormone slash gland itself and talk about how it influences our metabolism, body temperature, and other hormones, basically all processes in our body since it's connected to almost every single human cell, which is really crazy, but it's true. So what is the thyroid gland? The thyroid gland is located at the front of the neck. It is one of the biggest glands in the body. The name comes from the Greek word for shield. It is not only the main metabolism gland in your body, but it is also an integral part of the endocrine system. If your thyroid doesn't work properly, you probably have numerous hormonal issues and therefore also problems reaching your desired body composition, whether you realize it or not. The thyroid is a very sensitive gland in regards to food, activity, and stress. It produces the thyroid hormones T3 and T4, which you might have heard of previously, uh, which regulate a lot of different things in our body and a lot of different processes and systems like regulating hormonal balance, protein synthesis, metabolic rate, etc. There is a section of your brain called the hypothalamus as well, and this releases uh, thyrotropin-releasing hormone, TRH. It tells the pituitary gland to produce thyroid-stimulating hormone, TSH. You might have seen these abbreviations in blogs or articles or from other people's podcasts, or even if you've gotten blood work done, you've probably seen the abbreviations, TRH or TSH, especially TSH. Um, And and once the the pituitary gland produces uh, TSH, it then tells the thyroid how much hormone to produce, which is mainly going to be producing T4 when it does this production. 
The thyroid gland itself puts out a number of thyroid hormones, again, most of it being T4. In fact, more than 90% of thyroid production uh, produced by the thyroid gland is T4, which is considered to be a pro-hormone because it has minimal metabolic effects on the body. T3, on the other hand, is the active thyroid hormone, but less than 10% of uh, it is produced by the thyroid gland. The rest has to be converted from T4. So the majority of thyroid hormones produced by the thyroid are bound to a protein. Uh, this is thyroid binding globulin. You've probably heard of that as well. Uh, to transport them around the rest of the body, which, by the way, I'm going to preface this too. One of my goals with this podcast is for you to understand all these terms. Um, you know, I've thrown out uh, thyroid binding globulin, TSH, TR, T, we'll say TRT in here. We said TRH. Um, we got T4, T3. Like, there's going to be a lot of abbreviations and a lot of different things. Um, RT3, which is reverse T3. Uh, we have FT3, which is free T3. There's a lot of different things. So just kind of take them with a grain of salt. Take some notes during this podcast. This might be one you want to listen to multiple times. Um, and if you want to see it in writing, there is a script of this podcast on the blog. Um, so you can actually check out the definitive thyroid uh, guide in written. And I'll link that in the show notes. Um, but the majority of thyroid hormones produced by the thyroid are this protein, are bound to this protein, thyroid binding globulin, uh, to transport them around the rest of the body. At some point, T4 is converted to T3 in many tissues of the body, especially the kidney and liver. Uh, and T free T3 then gets into the cells to carry out some of its metabolic effects. It should also be noted that a subset of thyroid hormones, T3 sulfate and T3 acetic acid, must be converted to active T3 by gut bacteria, which is why gut health is so important for thyroid health, which we will dig into in this podcast as well, um, and why a lot of people who suffer with thyroid also have gut health or Hashimoto's or, or, or things like that, because a lot of times they are tied together. Uh, but this free T3 can then act on thyroid hormone receptors. In other words, it is a metabolically active thyroid hormone. In contrast with this, reverse T3 competes with free T3 at the recep uh, cell receptor site. It opposes the biological action of active T3 and slows metabolism, a vital function when the body needs to conserve energy. There has to be a balance of free T and reverse T3 to maintain optimal metabolic function. Think of reverse T3 as the like pumping the metabolic brakes essentially. Um, now that everything I just said is a lot to take in, but it's it's good to know what it is and that every cell in the body has receptors for the thyroid hormone. The other hormone that has receptors on every cell membrane is vitamin D, which makes sense given the need for our body to perceive light and then an external energy for our circadian rhythm and general health, uh, but also external energy in the form of calories available from food, which would be thyroid regulation. Uh, but again, like we want to summarize all this stuff so you just have a baseline knowledge, um, I would say an advanced baseline knowledge of what thyroid is before you dive into wondering if you have thyroid issues or trying to fix the thyroid that might not even be broken. So what does the thyroid gain even do? What does the thyroid gland do? Most people know that the thyroid gland is the main control center for our metabolism. In a healthy thyroid, the production of T3 and T4 are strictly controlled. If this gets disrupted, things go downhill. The thyroid works a lot like a thermostat, actually, um, and we say this about the metabolism as well. Uh, if it detects lots of high circulating T4, it will adjust the amount of TSH it secretes, and that can lead to a negative feedback loop. In our example with a thermostat, that means when the temperature in the room reaches the set temperature, the heater switches off. When the temperature falls below the set point, the heater turns back on. Think of like a heater slash air conditioning 
unit, right? This mechanism is not working with an over or underactive thyroid. Um, reasons for an over or underactive uh, under thyroid could be diet, medication, disease, lifestyle, stress, hormones, training, so on and so forth. Um, so very generally speaking, people with lab or blood measures of thyroid-stimulating hormone levels in the upper quantiles have higher BMI um, and lower quantiles end up having a lower BMI. Low thyroid uh, can be a pretty big issue. Uh, and, and when we see thyroid problems, that's usually what we see. There are people who have overactive thyroids and, and their thyroids are almost too efficient. Um, these people actually have a tough time gaining weight and they have a very fast metabolism where the low thyroid is typically the opposite, which is what we see more of because typically people notice when they can't lose weight and they're having gut health issues and we can say that's probably a low thyroid. But the low thyroid hormone, um, a low thyroid hormone can also impact neurotransmitters. Uh, for example, low thyroid hormones can cause uh, low dopamine levels, leading to a loss of motivation and willpower and even depression. Compounding these issues uh, associated with weight gain and attempting weight loss, it's even worse. Low thyroid hormone leads to elevated cholesterol, triglycerides, and gallstones. Low thyroid also produces, uh, leads to poor digestive function, including low digestive enzymes, uh, the production of these enzymes, and constipation. Um, and last but not least, it can also be interrelated to low testosterone in men and women as well. Um, thyroid hormone deficiency affects all tissues of the body, but has a very significant effect uh, and impact on testosterone specifically. Okay, now let's get into the metabolism, which I think is what most people are worried about or concerned with or just curious about when it comes to uh, their thyroid. Because a lot of times we we know, like when we see thyroid issues or when we have thyroid issues going on, usually the things that we're going to notice most do stem from metabolism. Um, uh, women will notice things like the the hair loss, the brittle nails, the dry skin, uh, cuts not healing as fast, more so than men, just, just happens to be that way. Um, and, and women are more likely to have thyroid dysfunction than men, typically speaking. Um, why is, is hard to say. Uh, typically, I notice that most women have sensitive hormones compared to men anyway. Um, but how your thyroid affects and regulates the metabolism. Let's let's dive into this. TH, thyroid hormone, regulates metabolic processes essential for normal growth and development, but it also regulates our metabolism. Research shows that thyroid hormone status correlates with body weight and energy expenditure. This is kind of getting into those who can't gain weight and those who can't lose weight like I was talking about before. Um, and then examples of this, hyperthyroidism, uh, which is excess thyroid hormone, promotes a hypermetabolic state. That means an increased resting energy expenditure, weight loss, reduced cholesterol levels, increased fat burning, which is lipolysis, and even gluconeogenesis, which is using protein for muscle uh, or muscle for energy, which is not a good thing. This might sound great to some of you, uh, particularly the point of uh, losing weight, <laughs> weight loss, and, and things like that, and increased fat burning, um, but it also means having a hard time building muscle, absorbing nutrients properly, excessively sweating, um, and conversely, hypothyroidism, which is the polar opposite, is basically on the flip side of all of these things. Um, neither is going to be good. So hypothyroidism, which is a reduced thyroid hormone, means reduced resting en energy expenditure, potential weight gain, increased cholesterol levels, reduced lipolysis, which is reduced fat burning, and uh, reduced gluconeogenesis. So that last one can actually be a benefit because we don't want to use protein or muscle as energy. We want to use that to rebuild tissue. Uh, so for a hyperthyroidism, 
we're, we're going to see muscle loss. We're going to see a hard time gaining muscle, maintaining muscle. You might need more protein than normal, so on and so forth. You're probably going to need more food than you feel comfortable with, um, which can still be hard because it's a cycle of eating more increases your me- metabolic rate as well. But overall, uh, thyroid hormone influences very important metabolic pathways that control our energy balance by regulating energy storage and expenditure. Thyroid hormone regulates our metabolism through actions in the brain, white fat, brown fat, skeletal muscle, liver, and the pancreas. So overall, the thyroid hormone plays a massive role in energy expenditure through both central and peripheral actions. Thyroid hormone maintains basal metabolic rate, facilitates adaptive thermogenesis. So basically, our uh, metabolism adjusts to certain circumstances, kind of like metabolic adaptation. Um, Adaptive thermogenesis is literally metabolic adaptation, for those of you who don't know. Um, It modulates appetite and food intake, and it regulates body weight. It does quite a bit. Um, again, I can't stress this enough. The, the main function, this is why they call it the control center for your metabolism. Like your, if your thyroid is dysfunctional, it's going to be hard to have a healthy metabolism. Uh, your BMR, basal metabolic rate, how much we burn just literally existing, doing nothing is where we burn most of our calories. It means a reduction in BMR can result in obesity and weight gain. Thyroid hormone stimulates BMR by increasing ATP production. So the smallest form of an energy uh, food is broken down to uh, adenosine triphosphate for metabolic processes. Thyroid hormone stimulates metabolic cycles involving fat, glucose, and protein catabolism and anabolism. So which ones are broken down and which ones are used to build things up um, is essentially what's going on here, which becomes mainly important for determining whether we build or break down muscle mass and build or break down fat mass, right? We want to build muscle, not break it down. We want to break down fat mass, not build it. Um, It is well established that thyroid status, either hypothyroidism or hyperthyroidism, is associated with changes in weight and resting energy expenditure. So definitely worth testing regularly. Um, I would say every, you know, six months to a year for most people. If you do have issues, you might want to speed that up to like every three months. Um, particularly if you're having issues putting on muscle mass or losing weight, even under controlled and consistent circumstances. Um, and that's a big thing to note, right? Like if you, if you truly think that you have thyroid issues, you, you should guarantee that you are in a deficit first. Like you should truly look back and say like, am I 100% for sure in a deficit? And if you are in fact in a deficit, then from there you can go get tested and see if this is potentially an issue. But if you're not losing weight and you know your ducks aren't in a row, don't go pay for a blood test yet. I've said this at the beginning. I'm going to say this again. It's not an excuse to think you're not losing weight. It's a, it's a hormonal dysfunction that does happen to some people. Um, I want to say like it's like one in three or one in four people have a thyroid dysfunction. So it's common um, in the grand scheme of things, 25% of people potentially. But that's still 75% that is just using it as an excuse to not lose weight. So don't take this too far unless you really think that you're in a deficit, you got your ducks in a row and you're still having issues. Um, yeah. So the, the most common thyroid issues, let's, uh, let's kind of dive into this. Um, let me start with the prefix that, you know, we are coaches who do invest time in research, further education. Um, and we certainly help many, many people, including ones with thyroid issues. Um, but we are not, medical professionals at Tailored Coaching Method. I am not a doctor. Um, Technically, we do have a doctor on staff, (laughs) Dr. Brandon Roberts, uh, but he is also not 
a prescribing physician doing things like this. Um, so again, if you if you think you have anything uh, wrong with your thyroid or any of the following thyroid issues that I'm about to go over, uh, we may be able to help you read your labs as coaches, not just my company, but other companies as well. Um, but even for us, we usually outsource to a, a physician, an endocrine specialist. Um, I have a hormone guy that I work with that will look at my blood tests when I do get them done, and I will pay him for consultations because I want him to interpret the, the data and the blood work um, on a deeper and more scientific level than I have experience with. So just kind of as a preface before I start going into all the different thyroid <laughs> issues that could potentially be going on, just make sure that if you do think you have something, contact a professional. It's the smartest thing you can do. So as mentioned, uh, hyperthyroidism or an overactive thyroid gland is a common thyroid condition. The most prevalent form is Graves' disease in which the body's autoimmune response causes the thyroid gland to produce too much T3 and T4. Symptoms of hyperthyroidism can include weight loss, high blood pressure, diarrhea, anxiety, excessive sweating. Graves' disease affects much more women than men, um, as I kind of mentioned earlier, and typically presents before the age of 40. Hashimoto's is more common than Graves' disease, but both are referred to as an autoimmune thyroid disease, ATD, which has a strong genetic link and is associated with other autoimmune diseases like type 1 diabetes, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, celiac disease, so on and so forth. Symptoms include sluggishness, fatigue, muscle weakness, depression. Uh, your immune system basically creates antibodies that damage your thyroid gland. It is also known, um, it's unknown what causes your immune system to attack your thyroid gland, which makes it even more frustrating because we don't know why. Um, something a virus or bacterium might trigger the response, while others believe it's uh, just a genetic flaw that is causing it all. Goiter, or an enlargement of the thyroid gland, uh, can be caused by th hypothyroidism, hyperthyroidism, excessive or inadequate intake of iodine in the diet, um, or thyroid cancer. And the most common one of all is hypothyroidism, which is an underactive thyroid. Hypothyroidism means the thyroid secretes too little thyroid hormone and is almost always associated with a low testosterone and other hormonal changes. Uh, a research article on adult hypothyroidism stated that in hypothyroidism, characteristically, there is a slowing of physical and mental activity and of many organ functions when it comes to energy metabolism, uh, thyroid hormone deficiency slows metabolism, resulting in a decrease of resting energy expenditure, oxygen consumption, and utilization of substrates. Reduced thermogenesis is related to the characteristic cold intolerance of hypothyroidism. Uh, patients. The effect, and I'm quoting here, the effect of thyroid hormone deficiency on appetite and energy intake is not precisely known, but energy expenditure certainly decreases, leading to a slight net gain in energy stores, aka body fat. Body weight increases on average by 10% due to an increase of body fat and retention of water and salt. An increase of adipose tissue mass results in an increase of serum leptin, which mediates a decrease in energy intake, while energy disposal increases. Interactions between leptin and thyroid hormone have thus attracted much interest. Biosynthesis of fatty acids and lipolysis are reduced. Um, again, I quoted that from a, a research article on hypothyroidism, but the, ba the big takeaway there is simple. There is a slowdown in energy expenditure, so how much we are doing and able to do with physical activity slows down. Um, our mental acuity, how we can think and how we function uh, mentally and cognitively slows down as well, um, and we tend to gain weight 
specifically about 10% of body weight increase, which is due to fat, water, and salt retention. Um, this essentially means if you are hypothyroid, you are going to feel hungry more easily based on what they discovered with the leptin relationship, um, less satiated, and your body does not use fat for energy production as easily. It's more likely to store it. So it's basically worst case scenario. Um, again, there's a long list of symptoms here, but hypothyroidism, which can also be tied to a slow metabolism. So, um, there are two and two. You've, we, I've listed these before and said if you have a slow metabolism, you might be suffering from blank. Uh, but it's it's kind of the same exact thing as, as having a, a, a slow thyroid and having those symptoms too because the thyroid is probably the reason you're having a slow metabolism. Uh, symptoms, fatigue, brain fog, constipation, lower sex drive, um, uh, gynomastia, which is like male breasts uh, accumulating under the skin. Dry skin, thinning hair, or loss of outer portions of eyebrows. So your eyebrows kind of slowly disappearing. Unexplained weight gain, joint pain or stiffness, mood swings, depression, sensitivity to cold, heavy or irregular uh, menses, memory trouble, lots of different things. And again, obviously weight gain, right? I didn't say that because I've said it a million times, but um, the inability to lose weight is, is, is another one that can kind of be the cherry on top. What are the possible causes? What causes hypothyroidism? Well, most of the time, hypothyroidism is actually caused by Hashimoto's, which I mentioned earlier. So your body begins to attack itself, literally, which results in the destruction of tissue. So Hashimoto's causes your body to start destroying the thyroid gland, which leads to an inability to produce adequate hormones. Nutrient deficiencies like those caused by excess stress, poor dietary choices, medication, or hormonal birth control can also do this. Here's an example uh, for how a nutrient deficiency can actually have a negative effect on the thyroid gland. Zinc and selenium are two minerals vital to thyroid health. They help the thyroid to produce T4 and to convert it to T3, which we know is very important by now. Zinc also helps thyroid hormone communicate with cell receptors. Without these key nutrients, the, the, your thyroid's ability to function can be severely compromised and diminished. Um, B vitamins are required for the body to synthesize thyroid hormone. Um, and if you're in deficient in any of these that I just spoke about, you will not produce enough thyroid hormone. And now we have a dysfunctional thyroid based on not getting enough zinc, selenium, vitamin B, so on and so forth. So um, it, it, it can be further than just stress or just overtraining or just undereating or um, genetic. It, it can come from nutrient deficiencies too, which is why when we're dieting, we, we really need to make sure that we're taking a intelligent approach and we're having a methodical approach to this and we're looking at all the different things. When you go through a fat loss phase, how is your stress? How is your sleep? How, how many good quality, high, high nutrient density foods are you getting? Are you filling your diet with these foods that have a ton of micronutrients in it? Are you getting enough water? Um, are you getting enough but not too much sodium? Are you getting um, enough stress relief, period? Like there's so many different things that go into it and if you ignore them, all these things are more and more likely to happen. So we're going to kind of go through like a quick FAQ on the hypothyroidism. This this whole, we're, we're going to kind of harp on the hypothyroid is a little bit more than the hyper and the uh, Graves disease and things like that because it's just more common. This is the one where I believe it's like one in three people have a thyroid dysfunction and it is hypothyroidism. Um, how is hypothyroidism diagnosed? So what can we do? It can be diagnosed with a full thyroid panel. 
while running TSH only is common in many doctors' offices, they'll just run that one test. It's important to know that it's not enough, like at all. Um, yes, an abnormal level of TSH is a good indication that something might be wrong with the thyroid, but it's just one piece to the entire puzzle. A full thyroid panel is vital for finding and diagnosing the possible autoimmune disease early before it gets out of hand and, and, and makes it harder and harder to reverse. Um, so like, w what does a complete thyroid panel look like? Um, I'm just going to give you the abbreviations because we kind of went through a bunch of them already, but TSH, total T4, free T4, total T3, free T3, reverse T3, um, anti-TPO, antibodies, anti-thyroglobulin, antibodies. Um, so there's a lot in there. You can even look at thyroid binding globulin, um, and there's some other precursors that may help your thyroid uh, that we were talking about, you know, cholesterol, vitamin D, like all these different things that interact with hormones, you should be looking at those too. So what I always recommend is when you're going to do a blood test, do a full metabolic hormone panel. Like why not get them all? It's not going to be much more expensive whatsoever. So you might as well take the time to really educate yourself and read into every single piece of data you can from your vitamins and mineral deficiencies, your glucose levels, your cholesterol, your vitamin D, your serum, level, like everything, everything you can. Um, can you heal your thyroid naturally? Or do you need medication? That's a really good question that we get from a lot of people. Um, whether medication is necessary is ultimately up to you, um, and especially your doctor. Uh, so we're not going to tell you exactly what you should do, but uh, there are many natural ways to support thyroid health and reverse some of the underlying causes of hypothyroidism um, that we've been discussing so far, for sure. Um, and, and we are going to go over those here in a bit, but just remember, like, overarching theme is get enough sleep, manage stress, don't overtrain, but train. Um, and make sure your diet is uh, supported the right way. Um, what if your thyroid was surgically removed? This is actually a pretty common uh, thing. This is where you're, you literally surgically remove the thyroid. Um, and if you do that, your body will be unable to produce any th thyroid hormone by itself, thus making you hypothyroid. In this case, you will need to take medication because you literally don't have a thyroid, which means that you don't have anything to produce the thyroid gland. Does hypothyroidism cause irregular periods? Hypothyroidism and hyperthyroidism can both contribute to irregular menstrual cycles, uh, missing periods, infertility, uh, a bunch of different things, like having no ovulation cycles. Um, essentially, every cell in your body needs the thyroid hormone. Like, think about that for just one sec. Every single cell in your body needs the thyroid hormone. So if somebody asks, uh, can I recover from surgery as fast with a dysfunctional thyroid? Probably not. Can I uh, lose weight as fast without a good thyroid? Probably not. Can you have as healthy of hair, skin, nails? Probably not. Will you have the normal menstrual cycles? Probably not. Like everything is connected to thyroid. Um, and again, that's not to scare you into thinking like, oh shit, my thyroid is dysfunctional. That's my problem here. It's just to build awareness to say like, you should look into this in case it is a problem. However, two things again, which we're going to get into not everybody who can't lose weight has a thyroid issue. Need to make that clear for the third time. And the second thing is, for the second time, it is more simple to reverse some of these symptoms than most people think. Now, there are cases where it's very severe hypothyroidism or Graves' disease or whatever it may be. And that's where we go to a doctor and we have to really get specific. But for a lot of people who have slight dysfunctions and it's causing them just some trouble with weight loss, it can actually be easy with just implementing a maintenance phase, taking some time off, and making sure you get to a healthy place before you try to diet again. So how do you support your thyroid health? This is kind of the, the place that 
we all want to get everybody to so they can learn what to do with their thyroid in order for it to, to improve and get better. Um, since the thyroid hormone plays such a central role in the regulation of our metabolism, it is not surprising that nutrition in turn has a big effect on thyroid. One of the biggest effects, actually. There are many things that play a role in this, but the most striking and important effects are related to your daily caloric and iodine intake. Lower calorie intake often means downregulation of our thermostat that we talked about earlier, which is our metabolism and our thyroid. Um, and this is by a lower secretion of thyroid hormone. Iodine is more in charge of how well thyroid hormone is synthesized and how smoothly it is produced versus how much. Um, many other hormonal and metabolic changes during the during that occur in a prolonged calorie deficit or excessive surplus um, are also contributing to alterations in the regulation and metab metabolism of the thyroid hormones. Um, so, so what does this mean? It means avoid being in a calorie deficit for too long, too often, or too aggressively. Um, and, and I say too aggressively lightly because sometimes an aggressive approach is okay if you're taking frequent breaks and you, you know how to program that in. Um, but more than anything, we know that calories in versus calories out tends to be the most important thing, which is funny because nobody wants to believe it since uh, it is the most boring thing to say. Well, how do I lose more weight? Calories in versus calories out. How do I gain muscle? Calories in versus calories out. How do I manage stress? Calories in versus calories out. How do I balance my hormones? Calories in versus calories out. Like it really all comes down to a calorie balance nine times out of 10. Um, and that's going to be more important than the iodine thing. But the, the, the second thing this means is that we have to eat a nutrient-dense diet. Um, eating a nutrient-dense whole food-based diet is an important step in managing the thyroid disease or dysfunction. Um, and a few key nutrients that support the thyroid that you should be looking out for are going to be selenium, iodine, vitamin D, zinc, magnesium, essential fatty acids, think like uh, omega-3, stuff like that, iron, and vitamin A. If you find out uh, you are particularly low in any of these, this is also why I always recommend a full blood test, a full panel, because you can get insight into nutrient deficiencies as well. Um, it might be a good idea to supplement and research specific foods in uh, what you are deficient in and then add those into your diet, right? So find out what you're deficient in, do the research to find out what foods need to be included in your diet, and then take action on those so you can start to to, to repair this and fix it. Uh, in most cases, supplementing with 300 to 400 milligrams of magnesium is almost always beneficial. Like, I don't know anybody who wouldn't benefit from that from a hormone standpoint like we're talking about, but also from a recovery perspective, a sleep perspective, a neurotransmitter, muscle cramp perspective, like it, nervous system, it goes on and on. Magnesium is extremely beneficial. Um, digestion, everything. Uh, if you are not consuming red meat or organ meat regularly, uh, it might also be beneficial to supplement with iron. And if you are not outside for a large part of the day, you may also want to consider supplementing with vitamin D. Um, and if you want to take the most minimalistic approach, typically what I recommend is supplementing with vitamin D every day. Um, if you have any potential issues or you don't eat a wide variety of greens and veggies and fruits and stuff like that, I would probably supplement with a magnesium. I don't find iron to be super necessary for most people unless you are truly deficient by a landslide in iron. But for most people, I would just recommend eat some red meat. Like like good grass-fed steak is full of nutrients, not just iron, but tons of vitamins and minerals, creatine, so many things that are great for your health, great for your performance, great for your muscle growth, great for your fat loss. Um, I'm a big fan of red meat, especially grass-fed, organic, free-range, cows, bulls, whatever. Eat red meat, eat some steaks, eat some grass-fed ground beef. The stuff is great for you. So, um, as mentioned before, um, of the many minerals that may affect your thyroid function that we just went over, iodine is the most important, just like I said earlier. 
It is an essential subtrait for thyroid hormone synthesis and also interacts with the function of the thyroid gland on several levels. Iodine deficiency used to be uh, the leading cause of goiter in the world and still remains so in certain regions. When severe, it can cause hypothyroidism. Nowadays in the United States and the rest of the developed world, excess iodine intake or supplementation are more common than problems uh, related to iodine deficiency. So uh, having too much iodine is actually more common than having uh, not enough. Excess iodine can be responsible for the development of goiter, hypothyroidism, or thyrotoxicosis. It's a long fucking word. That means iodine supplementation is most likely not needed and could do more harm than good. Um, in, in the, it's funny how these went, things went through sing, uh, swings. If you want a really good book to learn more about this, The Salt Fix is great. Everything you need to know about sodium, about salt, about its benefits, about its dangers, when to use it, so on and so forth. Really, really good book. I can't remember the doctor's name that wrote it, but really powerful. Um, and one thing that like stood out to me in like the history of all this is that um, you know, salt was like a like there was like wars over salt at one point in history. And more and more salt was, uh, the iodine was getting removed from it and, and low salt diets were coming into play. So that, that was a big issue of getting low iodine. Um, and it's like, like if you ever have like, uh, kelp or seaweed, it's super salty, right? It's natural salt. Um, that's why pink Himalayan salt is so good for you too. And, uh, seaweed in that salt is very, very high in iodine. This is why also in, in Asian cultures, it's actually more rare than anywhere to have an iodine deficiency because they are eating things like uh, seaweed, kelp, stuff like that, that actually have that iodine. So um, big, big takeaway thing. There's magnesium, iron, vitamin D, all these supplements, um, iodine, you should be focusing on getting them in your diet or through a multivitamin of some sort. My recommendation for multivitamin is obviously Legion. You can go to buylegion.com slash boom, boom. Uh, first order, you save 20%. Their multivitamin is the best on the market, and I've been recommending it for years, even before I was partnered with them, because it is not underdosed on any one nutrient. Um, that's what makes it so powerful is that it actually has enough of everything in it, whereas most one-pill multivitamins have barely anything in it at all, and it almost is just like you're just swallowing money. Um, but next next point is uh, heal your gut. So so and again, just to recap, we're like, what does it mean to fix your s hormone? How do you support your thyroid hormone? And we already talked about the calorie deficit. You cannot be in too big of a deficit. You cannot be in a deficit for too long, and and you can't um, be in a deficit too often, right? So uh, you could call that frequency, duration, and intensity. Right, you you want to avoid those three things um, in any excess. Right, you can have an intense diet for a short period of time and not that very frequently. Right, but you can't have a frequent intense diet or anything like that. So, very very important for the calorie uh, calorie intake. Um, eating a nutrient dense diet is number two, and then number three is going to be healing your gut. Um, and we have one more after that. So, as we mentioned before, uh, most cases of hypothyroidism are caused by an autoimmune uh, condition called Hashimoto's. And if you have an autoimmune disease, you know that your immune system is not behaving normally. Uh, what you might not know is that between 70 to 80% of your immune system resides in your gut. This is another reason why gut health is such a rising topic in research and in, in what we are interested in in the nutrition space. It's because more and more and more information is coming out about how much Uh, how important it is. We're learning that it's more and more and more important as we go. Um, unfortunately, many of us have guts that aren't in optimal shape. 
Leaky gut syndrome occurs when harmful proteins are able to pass through intestinal mucosa, uh, causing inflammation. Birth control pills, low-fiber diets, chronic stress. Um, there's a bunch of contributors to leaky gut. Um, and there can actually be holes in your intestines uh, to an extent when we have this leaky gut and it can go into the bloodstream and that can cause really, really bad issues. Um, the gut is also responsible for about 20% of the conversion of T4 to T3. So we really need a well-functioning gut in order to help the thyroid gland. Um, in addition to eating a whole foods diet, using uh, curcumin extract, ginger root, L-glutamine, which is an amino acid, but most people thought it was good for recovery. It actually turns out it's much better for gut health. Um, zinc, carnosine, uh, marshmallow root, and aloe vera can be very beneficial add-ons to help that whole foods diet be more effective um, for gut health and thyroid health. Uh, you can remove potential food triggers, uh, unnecessary medications, life stressors, bacteria, yeast, parasites, um, and you can create a healthy terrain and bring in quality probiotics with fermented vegetables and probiotic supplements uh, can help your gut thrive in certain circumstances. And we did a podcast with Dr. Gabriella Fondaro, and we talked a lot about probiotics, so they're not always the sure shot pill of wonder that marketing makes it seem, but in some cases they can be super helpful. Um, ditching hormonal birth control can also be a great uh, help uh, since hormonal birth control can cause nutrient deficiencies by depleting vitamins and minerals crucial to thyroid function, like again, zinc, selenium, B vitamins. It can elevate thyroid binding globulin, a protein that holds onto your thyroid hormone. And once thyroid hormone is bound to it, it cannot be used by cells, which is not good for us. Um, and it can cause inflammation, which can cause T4 to be converted to reverse T3 instead of T3. Um, reverse T3 is des designed to store fat and make you want to sleep. So basically the opposite of T3. Um, so those are all examples of why hormonal birth control can actually negatively impact your thyroid. So if you're on birth control, it might be a good idea to try to find a more natural route um, because you could be dysregulating some of the hormones in your body. Um, next, we can avoid excess body fat levels, yo-yo dieting and overeating. So overeating produces an increase in serum T3 concentration as a result of an increased conversion of T4 to T3. Moderation is also what we want when, comes, uh, when it comes to body weight slash body fat, right? Extremes uh, too high or too low appear to have a negative effect on serum T3 production. So we really have to be careful with the moderation. Uh, we can manage physical and emotional stress to the best of our abilities. It's a well-established fact that stress of any kind induces an increase in uh, adrenocortical activity. So relating to the cortex of your adrenal glands, uh, which causes a big issue uh, for stress markers and inflammation in the body. And it tends to not only suppress TSH release, but also to inhibit T3 production. Many of the changes in the thyroid function, uh, like metabolic adaptations or changes in body temperature, may be due in part to this stress. So how, I mean, how exactly does that happen? When we are under stress of any kind, the HPA axis steps on the gas to initiate a stress response. Many messenger hormones of the HPA axis increase in an effort to raise cortisol. Uh, increased CRH and cortisol inhibit the release of TSH, reducing T4 production. Elevated cortisol interferes sorry, with the conversion of T4 to T3, lowering overall T3 levels. Elevated cortisol levels also drive up the production of reverse T3, um, which we've talked about multiple times so far, and reduce cell receptor sensitivity to thyroid hormone, making them less effective. The combination of decreased T4 and T3 along with the increase of reverse T3 puts the breaks on 
really any metabolic function, right? Again, the thyroid controls the metabolism. So if we have all these things going on, we're going to slow down the metabolism quite a bit and all the function inside them uh, of our metabolism. Uh, so, so this becomes a problem when we are talking about chronic stress, like too much stress at work, too much high intensity exercise, too little or too much food or low quality food too often, not enough sleep, too much caffeine, too much alcohol, too much emotional stress, arguing at home, sitting in traffic, work stress, like you name it, stress is stress and it's going to impact your thyroid, it's going to impact your nervous system, it's going to impact your joints. Stress is going to impact you equally almost across the board and when we compound this, it gets worse and worse. Um, and you can like realistically just analyze your current stress levels. Like what are your main stressors? Where can you dial things back? Where can you get help? How much do you sleep on a regular basis? Do you need to adjust your training frequency or intensity or volume? Do you need to incorporate more stress leaving techniques like meditation or yoga or walks? Do you do anything for fun? Like all these things should be things that you're auditing and asking yourself and then taking action on because stress can play such a massive role in both gut health and thyroid function, both which are interrelated and are kind of a vicious cycle. If one's bad, the other starts to be affected negatively as well. Um, you might want to go easy on some foods as well. Uh, if we're looking for supporting our thyroid health, uh, soy, if you have hypothyroidism, it might be a good idea to avoid soy or, uh, soy products. Uh, the main problem is that soy may hinder absorption of the hormones that such patients take. Um, so especially if you are taking medication for this, um, but regardless, like we might want to lean away from soy and I usually recommend people in general kind of lean away from too much soy because it can cause some imbalances with estrogen, testosterone, so on and so forth. Um, and as you can see, thyroid. Uh, cassava, a common staple in certain parts of Africa. So this is a plant known to produce toxins that can slow uh, an already underactive thyroid, especially in the presence of an iodine deficiency. Not many people are consuming cassava, so I, I wouldn't recommend it too much uh, or, or worry about it too much. That's C-A-S-S-A-V-A -S -S -A -A, if you haven't heard of that. Um, and you might find it in, in certain dishes you eat out or maybe your, your trans recipes or uh, for our international lifters, it might be more common in your, your area. Um, cabbage and cruciferous vegetables, yes. Even though they are good for us, and even though we recommend them quite frequently to most people, cabbage and other cruciferous vegetables eaten raw in large quantities, especially in the context of iodine deficiency or borderline iodine levels, can result in hypothyroidism. These vegetables generate a substance that competes with the uptake of iodine by the thyroid. So it's not that everybody should avoid cruciferous vegetables, but if you already have pre-existing thyroid issues, you might want to lower your intake of those. Um, okay, so what are the best foods that we can eat? Um, the first thing I want to say is, is organic and local is probably going to be your best bet because you really want to eat things that are free of pesticides, which could alter our hormonal profile since they are endocrine mimicking chemicals, essentially. So if we can get grass-fed meats, if cage-free eggs uh, and chickens, if we can get organic, local. I always say local, too, because locals, think about it like this. If you get an organic plum from across the world, it has a long ways to travel for parasites to get in it, um, even if there wasn't chemicals or hormones injected into it when it was grown. Um, I always recommend trying to get food sourced from as close to where you live and where you're going to eat it as possible. But there's a few things that you can add in that can kind of help. Um, organic Swiss chard is one of them. Uh, chlorophyll helps increase energy and supports healthy um, detox in your body. The thyroid is easily affected by toxins, which is why foods that support detox are so important. Um, you can try these leafy greens sauteed with like 
coconut oil, avocado oil, even olive oil, um, some salt and pepper, and, and they actually taste pretty damn good. And you can throw them in a smoothie, you can throw them in a stir fry, you can throw them in a um, a salad, you can throw them in a omelet. Like it's actually really easy to eat them, and they're great for you. And when I say detox, I don't want you guys to take that too far and think that detoxing is good, like detox teas and stuff. Um, but there's constantly detoxification going on in your liver and in your body. Uh, so it, it's not a bad idea to support it with natural foods uh, and, and just ha a healthy liver regardless, but it doesn't mean you should be buying any type of detox. Um, wild sardines, which most people don't eat. I personally hate them, uh, but they're rich, really rich in selenium and iodine. Uh, the, these little fish give you two of the most major minerals uh, that ensure healthy thyroid function. So uh, there's actually a lot of sh uh, shellfish and things from like sea, like I said, seaweed, things like that, that have iodine in it. So, um, a sea based diet, I don't even know what you would call that is something you might want to look into, uh, organic spinach. Uh, it's loaded with minerals, including iron and magnesium, which are, are also necessary for thyroid function. Um, chicken with the skin on, which is not something I always recommend, even though it does taste really good. Um, but it has a lot of fat-soluble vitamins if you're getting good quality. Um, you want to be getting cage-free, organic, local chickens because most chickens factory-farmed or farmed in big, uh, big companies, they have a ton of antibiotics and pesticides and things like that in it, chemicals, hormones to beef them up, stuff like that. Um, I personally use ButcherBox. I'm not affiliated with them at all, but I love ButcherBox. It's, it's affordable. They deliver organic, grass-fed, cage-free meat to my house once a month amazing so that's what i would recommend but chicken with the skin on is actually going to help a little bit here virgin coconut oil coconut oil helps uh with proper blood sugar balance uh, which indirectly improves the health of the thyroid and the adrenals um, coconut oil also has a ton of different vitamins minerals um uh really good MCTs, medium chain triglycerides. So the type of fat is actually easier to process and burn as fuel for your body. So it's a really good one to, to consume as well for that. Sweet potatoes are another good one. Uh, they're loaded with vitamin A, which help your thyroid uh, hormone within the cell. Um, and you can even put some of these fats like the co coconut oil or um, even things like ghee or grass-fed butter, which have some of these vitamins and minerals we're talking about with the sweet potatoes is really good. Um, wild-caught salmon, essentially, uh, essential fatty acids balance the immune system and decrease inflammation on your cells so you, they can use your thyroid. Um, salmon also supplies a ton of uh, minerals like selenium and iodine, so it's really, really good. And, and we always recommend wild-caught salmon versus farm-raised. Bone broth um, is another good one. You've probably heard uh, that organ meat is an amazing superfood um, and has a ton of benefits, which is very true. But not that many people can choke down uh, a thing of liver or kidneys. Like it's just like organ meat is disgusting, but it's extremely good for you. Um, so if you want to have a different route that has some of the same benefits, bone broth is excellent uh, for gut health, which many thyroid patients need. But it also imp uh, provides a ton of vitamins and minerals uh, like magnesium, vitamin A, so on and so forth that help the thyroid function. Um Buffalo, strawberries, uh, grass-fed beef. There's so many different foods. Um, and you can look these up too. Um, one, we have a bunch listed in that blog I mentioned that's linked in the show notes. You can also Google good foods for your thyroid. I'm sure there's plenty of blogs that explain it. But there's a lot of really good whole foods that you should be thinking about consuming because they all will promote um, better gut health or a better thyroid function. Um, so in summary, like let's let's kind of recap this whole podcast. Uh, more people than we we think do have a compromised thyroid. Um, you know, they say like I think it's one in three or it's one in four. I keep pushing that. I should have 
written it down before <laughs> I started recording, but um, about one in three or one in four people do have a thyroid dysfunction. And there's a huge percentage of people who have no idea they have a thyroid dysfunction. So that one in three or one in four could actually be greater than what we realize. Um, however, in many cases, the symptoms and often even the condition can be managed or reversed by simple lifestyle, nutrition, and training factors. Um, they should be addressed way before any medical uh, medication or, or medical professional like a physician or a doctor is even approached because, you know, again, if you don't have your ducks in a row, then you have something else to worry about. You can have unhealthy skin, unhealthy hair. You can have, uh, you can have a slower metabolism. You can have um, gut issues. You can have all these different symptoms that I've been talking about, brain fog, constipation, all these things that, that are caused by thyroid dysfunction. You can have all those and it could be purely from you have too much stress at work, you're not getting enough sleep, um, you have unhealthy eating habits and you're not training at all. So if you spend some time training hard, sleeping more, stressing less, I can almost guarantee that you will reverse those symptoms and you would have never even needed to go the route of seeking a medical professional because you probably didn't have anything medically wrong with you in the first place. However, if you're somebody who is training hard, uh, you are sleeping enough, you are managing stress, you are tracking your macros, you're not consistently in a diet for too long and you're getting a lot of good whole foods and you're not missing out on any of these key nutrients – yet you still can't figure out why you can't lose weight or maybe you keep uncontrollably gaining weight. It might be time for you to go get a blood work done. Um, I would suggest a full metabolic panel. That's probably going to be your best bet to make sure that you um, are looking through everything, not just your thyroid hormones, not just your testosterone and sex hormones, but also the full metabolic panel, cholesterol, vitamins, minerals, things like that, glucose levels, um, because you want to be all around healthy. And anytime we can chase all around health, we're going to see better hormonal function across the board. So guys, I hope you like this podcast. I hope you learned a lot. I hope I could, uh, I hope I summarized this well and tried to give you a really good overarching definition and insight into what the thyroid is. Like I said before, if you have any desire to read this again or take notes or you want to print it out and highlight, we do have a blog called The Definitive Guide to Thyroid Health. I will link that in the show notes. This podcast is based off that blog, so a lot of the same information will re be repeated in it. However, if you like things in writing, that might be a good route for you. If you need help, personally with weight loss, with muscle growth, with your own health, your own diet, your own training, or anything across the board along the lines of health, nutrition, training, well-being, body composition, we are your people. Tailored Coaching Method, we have a full staff of coaches ready to help you. You can click the link in the description, apply for a free strategy call. We'll talk to you, see where you're at, see what your goals are, and we will see if you are a good fit for us and if we are a good fit for you, and we will be honest about that. All right, guys, without any further ado, I'm out. I will catch you next time. Thank you for listening. As always, much love, much appreciation. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering, and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign up or click the link in the show notes. 
to get your free copy of the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.